This episode of Good Sheilas is proudly sponsored by Colmio Designs. Colmio Designs is a bloody excellent lady startup created by a very talented mum, Yana. Colmio Designs hand makes beautiful standout pieces of jewellery which will take your outfit from tired to inspired. Tragic to magic. Pedestrian to equestrian. <laughs> okay, we ran out. Visit Colmio Designs, K-O-L-M-I-O, on Instagram and support an excellent local business. Listeners get 25% off at checkout by entering the code GOODSHEELERS. Fun fact about Lucas. Lucas is Bron's partner, good listeners, and his sole mission in life is to make Bron not want to have sex with him. <laughs> yep. So his favourite snack, sometimes he goes into the kitchen again and again to make this same treat, is just mayonnaise slathered on uncooked bread. Ooh. His favourite outfit is a motivational T-shirt that he got from a seminar, track pants, socks, and the worst sandals you have ever seen. <laughs> Wait on, I'll paint a picture. It's Gretel from The Sound of Music, the tiny one who falls asleep on the stairs during the song. Dainty leather sandals, one size too small, dangling off his socked man feet. It is the best and he can never take them off or you will have more kids. Oh, I hate them so much. They're awful. Yeah. All right, fun fact about Wally then. When Claire was in labour, Wally shimmied out of the birthing birthing suite (laughs) while Claire screamed in pain and he went for a hunt for Pokemon because the Royal Women's Hospital apparently had some rare species that he desperately (laughs) needed for his Pokedex. Later, he decided his Pokedex was so valuable that he started to meet with other strange men to trade them. You guys, he's 34 years old this year and his Pokedex is not yet complete. So which one are we going to leave? <laughs> which one are we Hello and welcome to Good Sheilers, the podcast that will turn your stomach and warm your heart as we reflect on what makes all of us tick. I'm Bron, a Melbourne comedian. And I'm Claire, a human rights lawyer. And we're longtime friends, short-time mums and lifetime dickheads. Each episode we tackle something in the media as well as something in life that has kicked us in the gut. So strap yourselves in, mongrels, and get ready for good sheilers. So COVID, mate. COVID and relationships. Yeah, relationships. This is part two of episodes nine and ten, which should be nine at point one. One and nine point five or nine and a half, but we're going to make it two because fuck you guys. <laughs> but on the data, love is in turmoil, Bromwood. It tis indeed, tis 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 indeed. For those who missed episode nine, we left it on a cliffhanger because we're badass bitches. Exactly, and we decided to leave it with you to decide who of us has. Ha- uh, is experiencing a relationship that survived COVID and who of us is trying to piece together a relationship that fucking died in COVID. <laughs> is it Santa's man or Pokemon man? 
We'll let you know. But let's talk about what the globe is telling us because as countries come in and out of pandemic and lockdown, the data is saying that relationships are leaving with them. So in Singapore, in other Eastern Asian... China, China, yeah, huge. The numbers are really booming and already Australian lawyers are reporting that people are coming out of this inquiring more and more about the processes of divorce and separation, splitting your assets. What has the pandemic taught us about each other and why do you think it's been so devastating? I think people have forced, have been forced to sit with the person that they chose to spend their life with and sometimes that experience is not very nice. No, it no. is warts and all. It is warts and all. You will see, you will hear their farts. Ugh. You will hear the sound of their dumb face chewing. <laughs> You will see all of their parenting and you will understand how many like things you have in common and how many things you don't have in common. And you also see the really lovely bits through those long aching days where you have a giggle about how shit your kids are and you make a personal or play a ball game for the umpteenth time or you have one too many drinks on a Tuesday night because that's how we roll now. This is the good and the bad. Right, Bron? Right. So, Claire. So, Bron. So, (laughs) audience. So, Claire, how did your relationship go? So, yesterday, Wally packed up the last of his stuff and he left for his new rental 10 minutes down the road. Holy moly. Yeah, mate. I'm 33 and I guess I'm, how do I, how do I describe myself? I guess I'm a single mum with two kids. I think you say I'm a badass bitch. I'm a badass bitch. (laughs) And I have an ex-partner. I have an ex-partner who is a beautiful, kind, gentle man and our relationship didn't work. Look, it didn't. It it couldn't stand the heat of COVID. No, look, I don't. I don't know that's true. I think that we had issues that had permeated through the years, and we had both developed mechanisms to race from it and run from it. And suddenly, we had to stop, and we had to stop in the pandemic and spend time with each other and as a family. And I think we realised just how deep those rifts went and. At the end, we we made a decision that it was over. Mm. And I just to caveat the conversation here, everything I'm saying is with Wally's permission. I'm not sharing anything that he hasn't agreed to. And he also still has editing rights, so if he doesn't yeah. like something, he'll cut it out. Hi, Wally. Hi, Wally. <laughs> <laughs> but the last few weeks have been some of the most interesting and excruciating of my life. I've really realize what my life will look like from now on and what my kids life will look like and what who I am and what my narrative is and all those weird things that you think about when you end a relationship and there's there's a lot to go through there's a lot to process and I don't really know who I am or where I am right now I'm sitting in this shitty rental in Coburg like it's not shitty it's beautiful you have a beautiful home you've made a beautiful home you have fucking skewed my carpet mate (laughs) it's actually a pretty revolting carpet disgusting before we dissect my relationship in the end let's pivot to you Bron because we talked the last episode about 
how you and I were in similar places at the beginning. We were racing away from our partners. We were navigating issues and challenges. And look, honestly, for both of us, it could have gone either way, right? This mm. could have been your story as much as it has been mine, but we've ended in different places. What made you guys survive this? Uh, time together. Time together. And it's so fascinating that it is the thing that broke you and the thing that didn't break us. It, it is... It is we didn't have time. We, there was nowhere to run to. Mm. I didn't have a gig to go to. He didn't have a meeting to get to. He didn't have, you know, friends to meet up with at the pub. I didn't have, I couldn't come visit you. Like it was, it was a time that we actually had to sit down and be together. And it was actually really fun. Mm. We remember, we weren't together for very long before we had kids, remember? So we were together for six months and then I was pregnant with Olive and then all of a sudden we had two kids and we were trying to work out what that meant. Yeah. Congratulations. But it is... But So it was very quick and then at this time is like the slowest our relationship has ever been and probably for a lot of people, like life is quick, life moves fast and this for us, for a, a couple that got together very quickly and had two kids very quickly, it was a time to like remember why we chose each other mm. and in the years leading up to COVID, it was not that way like we because we were so busy and we're you know hoarding so much resentment for each other <laughs> oh sorry about that and I, I feel like I feel like you know since you guys started you guys have like had so much going on I mean like you met and then you're pregnant with Olive and then bang you were pregnant with Edie and then he was doing an MBA and then like it's just been thing after thing after thing of business for you guys and this is the first time I can think of that you've stopped yeah, and I think that would be the same with a lot of couples. Um, and that is going to, you know, uh, conclude in different ways. Like, I mean, I I was happy with where we had got to together. and that, and But uh, like you said before, it could have been completely different. We could have got to the end and then he could have been like, oh, by the way, I think Pauline Hanson's awesome. <laughs> And I've been like, what? Oh, my God. I had no idea. So do I. No, I'm just joking. I would have been like, oh, my God. Like, you know, like we could have had enormously different ideas on like really basic stuff. Or opinions of each other. On Yeah. Or just like on parenting. Like we mm. took a huge gamble having babies so quickly and not having any idea. I remember when I was like eight months pregnant with Olive and then being like, oh, by the way, are you going to be a strict parent? Or like I had no <laughs> idea. Like I oh, by the way, what's your name? Like I'm, I'm, I, it was so, it was such a huge risk. And I'm not saying we we like emerged from that risk scot-free, but what I am saying is that COVID for us was a time where this slow pace and this time where we had breakfast, lunch and dinner together was actually really nice. And I feel like a massive dick saying that to you right now. <laughs> it's just the truth. It's just the trajectories we've taken. It is, but I do, I, I do feel... I've, I did not see this happening for you and Wally. I don't think that anyone would have looked at at yours and Wally relationship and been like, oh, yeah, that's not going to last because you guys love each other so much. We do. And it was, I had a really interesting conversation with a friend a couple of weeks ago and I called her to talk about this and more of the logistics of 
what we would do because she she has her own law practice and I just wanted some advice and I told her and she was like no way you guys are like the most solid couple I know I was like what like where where did she get that from where and she's like well like you know when we've seen you or on social media you guys mm, look so social media solid and I was I reflected and I was like that is so interesting and so troubling because the truth is we've had lovely bits but we've had challenges for years and but what I put out there on social media like even on the podcast like it's just like oh this lovely lovely thing where we where we have such a fun time and that was true but the other truth is there's also been like depths of disconnection and just a really imbalance in the way we lived and I presented, and I'm totally accountable here, I presented a totally different picture to the world. Mm. And I think I think you make a really important point about kind of relationships and how we present them to each other. We, we're keeping up with appearances, right? We're trying to present a version of ourselves to the world that we're comfortable with. We're, kind of, we're, we're trying to buy the dream we're selling yeah, as well. exactly. Like, we're not... We're, I never post about Lucas on Instagram. Mm. It, it's, it's not it's not part of what I do and he would – I don't think he'd be particularly comfortable with it. Mm. I don't really talk about him all that much in a lot of stuff. Like, I mean, comedy, I make comedy, fun of him. Yeah. I make fun of it's him a, a lot. It's a trope, but I'm never yeah. like, oh, my God, I want it. Like, I don't do that. It doesn't, it doesn't feel natural to me. I've never done that in relationships, mm. posted about them and loved on them and whatever, like a, in like a public way mm. that's not – it's not part of who I am. Yeah. And if I'd started doing that, I know that the people who knew me most, like if I started doing it to you, if I came over to your house and was like, Oh my God, Lucas is, you'd be like, what? A stroke. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like when is your death happening? <laughs> like it wouldn't, it wouldn't make sense. So, so when like, I like uh, people would probably think my relationship is an absolute like dire Mm, date it's what makes this kapanga so fun right yeah oh totally of course of course course bronze is spinster of course she's (laughs) fucked this up like i have i do have like a sense of privacy around my relationship because i still haven't particularly figured it out Mm. i'm I, i like i'm still trying to work out exactly how to articulate it because it is still like it's relatively new yeah and I I think all eight years new but I think what's really interesting for you to articulate is like and I've never heard you say this but this man is the love of your life holy I would never say that (laughs) it's so funny because you've got a mortgage and two children (laughs) yeah and I would still never say that I think that's a weird thing to say but you like I mean you love your life so far you would him. Yeah, he's great. Like, he's a great bloke. Sure. He <laughs> likes mayonnaise and sandals. <laughs> but he's a great bloke and that's fine. But I, 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 I'm never, I, I will not get, I can't get, I can't get stuck in the soppy stuff. And I also am terrified. I'm you. terrified of grand statements because you've you end up like me. <laughs> yes. Because you're the, you're my worst nightmare. <laughs> no, it is the grand statements. And that's why I'm scared of things like marriage and stuff, because that is a, that is a, that is a grand statement. And it you is. guys did the marriage thing we so did. early and I'm not criticizing you for it. Um, but I told you so. No, <laughs> no, not really. Just joking. But what I'm saying, like, I, I think that you guys, you guys had this huge hope and you love each other so we much, do. but it just, it just didn't work. 
And COVID did this to relationships. It did. It blew them up and it blew them apart. And, you know, I'm in a really interesting space now where I'm kind of navigating that reflection piece with just, like, outright, like, heartbreak. This is fucking heartbreaking. This is a man who I envision spending my life with and the dad to my kids and by all counts a really lovely fucking kind fucking funny man and he lives somewhere else now and I don't and I don't know where to where to go with that I mean we're sitting in a bedroom right now in my house because it's like good for us to be 1.5 yeah. meters apart and it's just my room he doesn't live here that's, and that is just so confronting mm. and watching him move things out of our house and watching what he's left behind and watching us dissect our lives. And like the, the bits that get me are so mundane. And one of the strangest and most devastating moments that I've had over the last couple of weeks was when I was doing a wee. Oh, that's unexpected. <laughs> right. So, like, people in long-term relationships, people with kids, like, and we with the door open, it's the most normal thing in the world, right? It takes time and effort to close that door. It's going to open Someone's anyway. going to open it, yeah. Why fucking bother, right? Yeah. And I was waiting with the door open, and Wally walked in, and he stopped, and he was embarrassed. And he turned around, and he apologized, and he, he kind of skidded away. And, like, literally, like, one and a half years ago, he was there when our second daughter was born. He watched her come out of me, and he cut the umbilical cord, and he held her as I was, like, butt naked and bleeding. And, like, I was there in the middle of a pandemic with my gigantically hairy legs with my my legs around my ankles and I just, I, I sobbed. Your pants your, legs around your ankles. <laughs> what, what happened to your body? It was squished oh down. No wonder you left. Oh my God, your you legs were around your ankles. <laughs> Something's gone really wrong. I've got to move out. <laughs> like, what? <laughs> this is marriage, Wally. You will watch my legs be around my ankles. <laughs> you did this. You did this to my body. <laughs> But my uh, legs are around my ankles. <laughs> and so are my pants. Everything's broken. And, like, just the idea that, you know, in 2018, he could be crying with me as a tiny baby was born. And then... Less than two years later. He could be embarrassed because he worked on me, in me doing a wee and we didn't know what the boundaries were. Like, it was yeah. just... I, I sat there and I, like, I fucking sobbed. Because the enormity of that transition, mm. like, it, like it's it's really hard. Oh, so tricky. <laughs> my legs and my ankles. <laughs> I'm still it's focused really hard, on bro. that. I'm still very. I need therapy. Wheelchair physiotherapy. Is like a needle to sew your legs back onto your hips? 
But I think, and I also think that this is like that is that is huge moment. And so when you started that story, I was like, "Oh, wait, come on, Claire, come on, make it better." But that is that's a really like it's a really sad, sad bit. It's sad. It's really sad. But what I reckon you guys are doing is you guys have been so respectful of each other, and you guys have had an enormous amount of discussions because above everything, you guys are really good mates. Like you. Genuinely yeah. like each we other. Really, and that's what makes it so sad because I see so many couples who don't. Yeah. Like, why the fuck couldn't we work it out? But we couldn't. You just, it just it, there's a bunch of things I assume, but the but it you guys are navigating this bit, this sad chapter really really well, and I wish that other people would do this the same way as you because relate when relationships end and they absolutely do. And I'm wildly aware of that. Probably that's one of the reasons I'm not married, is because <laughs> they all end. But they, but it is. It's one of those things. It's like this is this is a part of life. Yeah. You cannot. You can't have that buzzy feeling forever. And if it's if it is, there is more resentment or more frustrations or more like oh, like angry sighs than there are like giggles. Loving bits. Yeah, then maybe you like you deserve more and your partner deserves more. Yeah, yeah. And I think when we like the way that I guess western culture looks at breakups is like when is it it's a failure. You failed, yeah. Something didn't work and it's that like, it's when that's when people and you will experience this mate, people will tilt their heads. Oh already and they will already. go oh, no. Yeah, like like and they're they're looking looking for the conflict, they're looking for the blame and they're looking for that narrative of who did the wrong thing. And the other really interesting thing that I'm getting is the idea that you stick it out no matter what. Oh yeah, that's so old fashioned. <laughs> yeah, because what you what you and Molly are doing right now, and whilst it's super, like I'm sure, really heartbreaking, it is brave. Mm. It is brave. It's like I trust that I'm gonna be okay at the end of this, and I trust that I know myself enough to not need you, and that we are gonna be okay, and our kids are gonna be okay. Like that is a huge brave step, and the way that we need, like the world needs to start looking at. At, mar- at separations, divorces, and stuff like this, when they, when some when both parties are willing to take that plunge, is of admiration. You guys made a decision to be together, and then you made a brave decision to not be. Mm. And that is like, whilst it's sad, it's brave. So why the tilted head stuff is? I I, I would not cope with that. And it's. I think you make a really interesting point about you know, that conviction about knowing everything's going to be okay because I don't know that. Like, I hope for it, but I don't know. I don't know what our financial futures will look like and that is a consideration for a lot of people when they're separated. It's like, how will I pay the bills? And it's a reality and I'm really lucky that I have enough of an income to be like, okay, things are going to be fucking tight, but I'll be okay. And I know for a lot of women that's not the case. Mm. And I have the comfort knowing that, you know, I'm safe leaving him. Again, for a lot of women, that's not the case. Yeah. But I don't know. I'm doubting it every day. And it's not just about the romantic side of things. It's like, would it be better for the kids if we stayed together? Unhappy, but, you know, like at least we're in the same place. And would it be, would we just get over it in the long term? And is there some truth in the idea that you just stick it out because that's the right thing to do? And 
I can speak with some conviction about what I feel right now, but I can't speak to what it will look like in a year and two years and five years. And yes, we're navigating it well right now and kindly and respectfully, but who knows what will happen if either of us meet someone new. Like these things yeah. are not navigated yet. Yeah, and that's okay. No one can know. No one can know what's going to happen in a year. Like, yeah. I, I could. I could like my kids in a year. Like, who <laughs> actually knows what no. could happen? But. I mean, I, as I can say this as like, a, I had parents that got divorced when I was three and I would never, ever have wished them to stay together. Mm. They, I can't even imagine them in the same room. Mm. It didn't work. It, it wasn't a relationship that could have existed. And I'm fucking grateful that they weren't. I know that this is a very different story to yours and Molly, but relationships they could be amazing at the start and then they turn into kind of something tepid and then they could turn into something super un- unhealthy mm. you guys did not get into unhealthy no, from what i could see we did we definitely did and i want to be really honest because i'm talking about this and i don't want to put a gauze over it this isn't just a lovely lovely story of people falling in love and falling out of love we had a really unhealthy dynamic and again i've talked to Wally about this and he's been fine with me talking about it where like there was a lot of kind of overlap between, you know, what, what the, what, what somebody did for somebody else and, you know, what, what spaces in our lives that we interacted with and who was accountable for what, when it came to the kids and logistics, it was a very, very imbalanced, very, very unhealthy relationship that I think at the end of the day, we agreed to leave because it was bad for both of our mental health. And that's, I guess that's the other thing. I don't want to paint any kind of like Gwyneth and Chris Martin unconscious uncoupling narrative that's not true at all that's not what's happening here we're not just people who fell out of love we were people with some really really bad codependencies and some really really bad habits that were bad for us um and yeah it did get really unhealthy and I think that it's it's really hard to leave predicting that you know we we left at a time when we were fully cognizant of how deep that imbalance was but again we made a kind and respectful decision I hope and I think but you know who knows what the years will unfold but I'm really hopeful because he's my family at the end of the day he's my family he is the parent of my children he is somebody I respect and trust and admire and we chose to do this together and that is like enormous in itself and <laughs> the fact that but I like what you to say you know got really unhealthy and I'm sure it did what you guys have decided to do and this was an active decision on both your parts and which I think a lot of people cannot don't have the capacity to do because they're so emotionally damaged is you guys have decided to try and do this as most respectfully as mm. you can and that you've had an, like, an enormous amount of discussions in the lead up to this. It wasn't uh, like a knee-jerk reaction to like you know him not putting the toilet seat down. Like, that's it! It was <laughs> like, uh, you know, it was enough, enough happened and you both were aware that something wasn't right and you both didn't like the people that you were with each other. No, no, we didn't. And the other really interesting thing, I think, for me is the amount of self-reflection that I'm doing now. And I think... What's really interesting is the narrative we build for ourselves and we all do this where we look at our lives and we look at ourselves in our lives and we're like, we, we paint ourselves in a particular way as, you know, the hero or the victim or the person that did the right thing or, you know, like we, we need to position ourselves in some way along our story so we look 
like somebody that we would want to be, right? Yeah. And at the end of this relationship, I found myself talking to people and trying to pitch a narrative where I'm the better person. Yeah. And that's a really, really hard reflection that, you know, one of the biggest, you know, most devastating things that has happened and will ever happen to me is that my marriage is over. And my preoccupation is not so much on, you know, like how my kids are or, you know, how we're going to navigate this going forward, but how other people think I am in that situation. And that, that is a really important lesson for me. It's a really important learning that people always want to paint themselves in a particular way. And even with the best intentions, you're going to want to project an idea where you put yourself as the winner in whatever way the winner looks to you. And so when I'm telling the story, I, ha- I keep catching myself kind of trying to point out where he did the wrong thing, where I, where I did the right thing, where he could have tried more, where you know, I did better. And I keep catching myself because it's not true and it's not helpful because like we have these gigantic big moments in our lives and and our relationships and being the winner is not important yeah and i i reckon that that is a really rare route that people take and relationships when they end or marriages when they end or whatever is people doing that thing where you say it's like i i need to make sure that everyone knows that it wasn't my failure it was theirs Mm. and at the end and that's when like you know horrible like the legal system gets Mm. involved and then those were super expensive lawyers get involved and then people go into like an enormous amount of debt and then their kids super like their kids like inheritance just gets like like pissed up the wall and then it just has two very damaged and not very um, rich people at the end and like these kids who've just watched their parents just fall at the seams and it's and it's it shouldn't be the normal narrative and how a relationship decides to end relationships end they do, they do. people we, grow apart yeah, they do and in that ghost everyone is a bit shit sometimes and everyone is wonderful sometimes like that's true for all of us, mm. right? We could all do better. Everyone could do better. And I think about everything that I've done. And I could have done a lot better a lot of times but because of ego and because of self-esteem and because of you know who I am and what I've experienced in a lot of ways. I was still that 17-year-old chasing someone down the street. I was still that 19-year-old fixated on the diamond. I have been those people. They live in me. And at the end of this relationship with a man that I love very, very much, who I decided to leave, I have to look back at everyone I've been and who I am and say, okay, who, who, who do I want to be? And that's the most painful thing in the world because I don't know who I am without him. And I, we met when we were 25. I was, a, you know, a, a child, not a child, a you know, human adult woman, but I was really... You elephant man. I was an elephant man. Giant face. It's on yeah. Instagram. <laughs> but, like, who who am I at nearly 34? And all I know is I want to be a better person. And you definitely will be, mate. This is, this is a road that many people have travelled before and you are just going to be another person who gets to the end of it and realises what she wants. And my next boyfriend is going to be the Prince of Argentina. <laughs> yeah, that's not a place. <laughs> I know you're out there. Yeah. <laughs> so if anyone wants to date Claire and you're the Prince of Argentina, 
Just call me. Just call us. She looks like Elephant Man on the first date. Hope that's not an issue. Elephant <laughs> Man, you children. Heaps. <laughs> uh, but she's navigating an, a, a relationship ending beautifully. And I'm really proud of you, mate. Thanks, mate. And I'm proud of you, Wally, and thanks for editing our podcast. Thank you, Wally, for <laughs> on this work. So to our listeners, for those who have survived, relationships have survived COVID, good for you. For those who are in relationships who did not survive this, also good for you. You, we all survived this individually except for the people that died of COVID. sorry that's that's a it's a conspiracy <laughs> oh my god no i'm joking <laughs> for those who died i'm sorry for those who didn't die <laughs> good for you <laughs> see what ending this is an ending it's gorgeous yeah but honestly this is like everyone needs to get to the end of this and be like we've achieved something yeah and, and whatever that is we uh, like you know the only way is up, <laughs> baby. on me now. Do you know that song? <laughs> no, I don't. But you oh, should keep a, going. Okay, that's all I know. But these last ten episodes, I mean, I don't. I think we're just gonna keep going. Fuck it. Who does seasons? Let's just keep going forever. Every that's week. not a yeah. Yeah, it's not <laughs> okay. a thing. Is that a thing? No. Series seasons. Clap. You go. What am I saying? <laughs> I don't know. Okay. I'm sorry, Wally. So. Thanks for listening. This has been episode 10 where there have been wins and losses, but also wines. Wines, many wines. It's good times. (laughs) Thanks for listening, guys. (laughs) Bye. Bye.